this podcast. Welcome, beautiful listener, to the Humanist Podcast with me, Hammer, and my loyal co-host, Steph. Hello, Steph. Domo, domo. How are you? Well, actually, I'm not too good <laughs> because I have sprained my ankle. Oh. Did that yesterday. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of immobile. Perfect for podcasting and gaming, <laughs> of course. But uh, yeah, so um, not too good on the walking in the work, walking department. But how did that happen, though? Did it, was it while running or? Well, no, actually, it was just while walking. I just would, I was out taking a leisurely stroll, basically. Yeah. I guess that's what you get for being in your 30s. And <laughs> I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I probably hit like a there was a flat faced rock with a almost a glaze of ice on it. Oh, really? um, and I didn't I didn't quite respect it. And it was a slightly uh, kind of downward tilting face. So I don't know, my, the side of my shoe caught on it just briefly. And when I put my weight on it, I it kind of slid all the way under me and I really yeah I stepped on it with full force and it was not it was not good ouch ouch so So, yeah that's been that's been me but uh that's great I mean yeah it's not too great it's not too great but I think I'll I'll be able to work tomorrow Mm, okay that's good yeah I can drive carefully I I might I have a manual so I I'll need both of my legs for driving. Mm-hmm. So that can be interesting, but I'll think I'll manage. And then for my job, I'm, I'm I only need one foot basically. So and it's my left foot that I sprained. Right. At least yeah. So at, le- at least you can go about your necessities. So that's good. Yeah. You know you got to earn money, but. On another note, we have a new lockdown here in Norway due to the mutated British edition coronavirus. Yeah. Not Thanks pointing any that. fingers. Not pointing any fingers. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not accusatory, eh? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we got that here in Norway uh, now. And it apparently it was like a very large, uh, uncontrolled eruption of uh cases mm, yeah but yeah so we've got a, a local lockdown in our region of, of norway uh which doesn't really include you steph yet but soon I to know. be you yeah <laughs> i mean i i've been i've been really lucky in terms of where i'm located because my my workplace well to to some extent your workplace too i guess um are just outside of that like the worst um like the epicenter of the of uh, the the new breakout and all that mm, so yeah in in terms of that we're you know we're we're, we're pretty lucky but i think that this is kind of like a, a good or it sets a good precedent for um the mixed bag of news that we're going to cover in this episode because there's some good ones <laughs> yeah. but there's a sprinkle of like rancid pus and shit courtesy of nurgle like every once in a while here mm. so um 
yeah, brace yourselves. I guess we can start with the good. Yeah, yeah. So we both uh we've both seen the Resident Evil showcase. Yeah. For Resident Evil 8 Village and I mean, what do you think? I am very hyped for this. I cannot wait for May 7th. I think that like of course as a horror fan, um mm-hmm. this looks super interesting. I I don't I, I know to some extent, I guess, what to expect, but at the at the same time, um, I I don't. So no, you know, it's uh, and just the fact that how they portray the villains here with the with the big lady that everybody's thirsting over, including me. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by that? What do you mean thirsty? There's so She's many people, some... huh? She's got some big mountains. Is that what? You're thirsting over, or <laughs> she, she she has a peculiar topography. Um, yeah, and no, but like it's it's just become like a meme at this point. But there's a lot of people are thirsting over the big lady of Resident Evil, and yeah, yeah. the funny thing is, like even Young Yeah, he he named his video like um, "Big Vampire Lady Dominates Naive Gamer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean she was really interesting right i yeah um and uh i kind of like the everyday manner when she calls the mother, mother miranda yeah. i don't know who that is I'm probably like a vampire matriarch somewhere but um she calls mother miranda and she's so like she's so businesslike yeah <laughs> and but in like a horror horror way you know it's yeah. that slight dissonance that slight um kind of out of the ordinary tone and and speed with which she's talking yeah uh, that it kind of makes you feel a little bit uneasy yeah that's the thing yeah and that's partially why i'm a fan of this character already because she has that kind of human-ish kind of beauty going for her, but she's also very uncanny because she's uncannily tall. For some mm-hmm. reason, she's nine feet, which, and she's like super, you know, pale, right? And yeah. like her smile as well is like, it's a mix between, yeah, she looks good, but she also looks a bit creepy. <laughs> and then yeah, just the fact that if you imagine... I think it even gets amplified more if you try to imagine her standing um, next to you because <laughs> she looks like that, but she's also nine feet. It's like, I feel like that that does so much for her uncanniness. I think that's yeah. going to be a key word for this. But yeah, ultimately, yeah. I, I just I'm, I'm in love with the design just from a horror perspective and character perspective. Yeah, me too. I think it's a very good design. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking at memes right now where there are. <laughs> Let's just say some focus on her topography. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but her name is apparently Alkina or Alcina Dimitrescu. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely like a vampire name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um you know, it's just something about. I just don't know what to expect. And... No, I was. Yeah, yeah, that too. There's definitely something about that. That's a deliberate choice of character design. Um, mm. No, but what I'm curious about, though, 
because I saw a comment pointing out that the major in in Resident Evil Four is also extremely tall. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that is because his body is not exactly human, uh, oh, because no. you know he turns into this big ass fucking Plagas monster, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why, like, most likely, um, you know, whatever's under her dress is not what you expect. I assume yeah, it's gonna be uh, just full on Nurgle demon, amorphous blob, pus bullshit. You know, like <laughs> yeah, and like. She mentions like her girls or her daughters or something, which I yeah. assume are like the vampires, uh, and the three O of girls. Yeah, they are like an amalgam, or they seem to be able to kind of disintegrate into a swarm of locusts or mm. some kind of insect. Very uh, sexy. Which, yeah, <laughs> it's not, and I mean, yeah, I don't know what kind of animal that is. And you but, could yeah. see them like going through Ethan's body as well. <clears throat> yeah, and they kind of pierce through his body, appearing from his hand and stuff. So let's maybe talk a little bit about concretely about what we saw. You mm-hmm. see, I mean, the, first of all, the art style, the art direction. What do you think about that? I absolutely adore gothic um aesthetic so for me this was like mm-hmm. i was immediately intrigued way before i knew it was resident evil uh because yeah. we talked about this um i think that was one of the best showcases for for the the event where the trailer debuted where that we watched right and we were yeah. all pretty impressed by it and then um the more we saw especially in the showcase it's just like you know, they, they had this part where they only looked at like a chair <laughs> and these other asset graphical assets there. But the thing is, it looks so good that they it's absolutely justified. It's not they're not just jacking themselves off. This is like, well, you you made something really great looking. I can't uh, take that away from you. Mm, yeah, that's exactly my feeling as well. I mean, like f- from the the first the debut uh, one or the, the debut trailer i guess the one the first one we saw yeah it wasn't really clear whether or not that was a lot of pre-render or in-game you know footage but this really proves that at least at the higher end of maybe the consoles and at least the higher end pcs will be able to really kind of almost blow anything out of the water in terms of uh, realistic graphics yeah when, when you saw like the skin on Ethan's hands, for instance, yeah. when he's yeah. blocking, uh, I think that's almost the best human pale skin I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, it looks so realistic. And the guns, also the shotgun and like the pistol. Yep. Really, I mean, the smoke from the pistol shooting like a dry shooting, a dry shot from a pistol in a cold environment, and the way. The smoke just so realistically kind of <laughs> dissolved. Yeah. I mean, that was insane. You know, <clears throat> I absolutely agree. And uh, to further on that point, when he picks up the, the sniper rifle, mm-hmm. just the animation he did with reloading and putting in the mag and checking for a round in the chamber and all that, like that whole clickety-clack mechanical orgasmic stuff. I was oh, like, yeah. 
<laughs> you know we like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looked so good. I mean, what is it with like gaming boys and loving like details like that? I just love that kind of reloading and yeah, clicking clackety and you know that that. <laughs> I mean, it's not important for gameplay at all, but it's it's the immersion that that small little touch of like reloading and the grabbing the the bolts, you know, by by the handle, the re reloading handle and cocking it back and yeah. And just see all the things click in place with these satisfying sounds. Yeah. I think for the longest time, and this kind of dawned on me just now, kind of like a small epiphany. I've never gotten into ASMR, mm -hmm. but yeah. then I guess <laughs> reloading ASMR, I would be totally into. And I think I've, we've been indirectly into it since we first started playing video games where there were good reloading animations and sounds. Yeah, there's just something about that. I mean, have you seen the Forgotten Weapons channel on YouTube? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's kind of like that's a pet peeve of mine to the or not a pet peeve. I'm sorry. That's a, <laughs> when a, one, you know, channel I visit when I like to just kind of sit back, have a coffee, mm -hmm. you know, and just enjoy a calm review of an yeah. old <laughs> of an old weapon yeah. kind of being disassembled and all the parts shown and like yeah this is this is the way they this is an open bolt gun this is how it works you know it's just something very satisfying about a machine that is such a kind of beautiful mechanical work you know it's both devastatingly horrible and beautiful yeah. <laughs> at the same time yeah and i i know what you mean it's just because it, it, of course, weapons have that attribute where it, it just gives you, um, it ups your power level significantly when you wield. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, according to yeah. Dragon Ball logic, if you have um, if you have a shotgun, if you're a farmer with a shotgun, you have a power level of eight. So. Yeah, yeah, that's not <laughs> too impressive though. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, but <laughs> but yeah, so. I'm just glad that they added this into, into Resident Evil as well, because, hey, if you have beautiful graphics, um, why not just make elaborate, really satisfying reloading animations as well? Mm -hmm. um, and the smoke as well. That that kind of hit me. I've never paid too much attention to that, but but that was so realistic. Yeah. And, and you know that the smoke will be very different from you know the type of animation. No, sorry, the type of ammunition used yeah. in the gun and also uh, the temperature of the the barrel and the temperature of the surroundings you know mm -hmm. stuff like yeah. that so there's like an infinite possibility of just just sinking <laughs> development budget into, into that yeah and you know <laughs> it makes it a little bit all that more satisfying in terms of like whenever the um, the designers or like whoever's responsible for making these things are very acutely aware of detail. Um, you know, these things are makes it, uh, it, it elevates it, you know, mm. a certain point. Yeah. And, but in uh, the other thing that, that also reminded me of is that in resident evil seven, uh, which of course also featured the same protagonist, Ethan winters, um, there wasn't that, there weren't that many weapons, right? Because it was a, a desperate survival um, sort of scenario, mm. and of course they're like far out in the sticks, and you know you, you get the 
the bare minimum of weapons that you would um, feasibly find there. Uh, mm. But in this one, they brought back the, you know, now there's a merchant, the Duke. Mm, um, yeah. And now you think about his design, by the way. For, if you want to get really nerdy about it, I, I, I actually immediately thought Baron Harkonnen from Dune. Um, yeah. <laughs> just kind of him and, and Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that over the top really nurgly obesity you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it doesn't look very realistic but it looks um it works for what it's supposed to be kind of like almost like a not quite comic relief but i think you know it's it's not too far from it either yeah yeah you know, I'm and it's also a little bit eerie you know yeah just how he emerges from that that wagon yeah <laughs> <laughs> just what's, bursts, what's the story there? Out from the backside of the wagon and like the shop is just set up in there yeah. already yeah <laughs> but yeah i think that like you said i think they'll experiment with a little bit more weapons this time yeah uh but the balance of because you know resident evil has always been about that balance between power and powerlessness kind of you know yeah, that you need to uh, scavenge, and you need to be conservative, and you need to, and yeah, weapons won't necessarily always work the the way you expect them to. Yeah, and I low key one of the things that were quite fun in Resident Evil Four and Five was, um, you know, obtaining a new weapon, getting a new pistol, upgrading it, these things. Um. Mm. So I, I do really appreciate if they bring that back here to some extent. Um, so, you know, not not that I want to be OP or anything, not like that. Just just having uh, that satisfaction of, um, you know, adding attachments and modifying guns and these things, you know. Um, yeah. All Yo, about that. I always love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't get enough of uh, incremental upgrades and grinding and making yourself powerful. And I feel... Uh, for me, that wouldn't be a problem that in the end game you could be kind of overpowered and lose a little bit of that vulnerability. Yeah. As long as, as long as you have had that journey from being, you know, very disoriented and weak and kind of scrambling to just stay alive to gradually becoming, you know, more and more safe and secure and and being more powerful and yeah. I, yeah, but I do wonder, uh, it seems like that's almost factored into the story because in the showcase, uh, there are a couple of things that stood out to me a little bit <clears throat> about how the other characters react to Ethan Winters. Because, you know, in the in the, um, in the phone scene where the, the vampire lady is talking to Mother Miranda, she says yeah. like, yeah, you know, and Ethan Winters is already proving too much for my daughters to handle. Yeah, and she's already mentioned how someone else fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you also see that mysterious guy at the end with the glasses and the giant blunt weapon thing, because mm -hmm. he's also testing out Ethan Winters as if he's some kind of badass, right? He's, yeah, he's also, he's also like, let's see what you're made of. You know, he's also. I'm like, ah, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Are mm -hmm. we not a survivor yeah. anymore? Is this more like have you turned into? 
Nicholas Cage from Mandy? Are we like on this kind of? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like an, an action hero type character now. Yeah, and imagine through one-liners just <laughs> casually being handed out. You know the you know this is maybe this is a secret prequel to Evil Dead, and uh, Ethan Winters eventually changes name to Ash Williams, and uh, you know he get a chainsaw hand and a shotgun and spouts one-liners <laughs> that would make Duke Nukem blush. I mean, yeah, that would kind of ruin the, <laughs> the horror scariness of it a little bit, but yeah, but it would be fun. But yeah, Heisenberg, the one that um, Alcina or Alkina, the the big tall lady, uh, was is talking about, has apparently failed to contain Ethan Winters. Yeah, that's what it was. And. Uh, yeah, so so immediately you, you kind of get the the feeling that they're not, but I mean, it's almost a little bit, you know, how how Alkina is uh, talking to Mother Miranda. It's like it's a little bit frantic, you know. Yeah, very business like. It's like yeah, we usually have you know multiple break-ins every week you know <laughs> and, and usually we we can take care of them but this ethan winter winter sees really hard to deal with you know yeah it's it's almost very yeah it's almost like this has happened a lot of times before so <laughs> but I, also yeah poor people that break into their home yeah <laughs> who wants to do that like breaking maybe the vampires have like uh, some kind of treasure or something could that, be like treasure hunters want but Top yeah, I mean, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Immortal topographical treasures. But I think that it'll probably a, be a cold experience if you were to woo the chief vampire of the house. Blessed by the Neversag. <laughs> yeah, that she's got some very she's got some anti-gravitational fields. Yeah, working on them. <laughs> but yeah, so the showcase as a whole, we got to see a little bit of uh, gameplay as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, from, I mean, my impression is the same. It looks really, really polished, and the technology looks uh, amazing. What did you think of the the player that was playing? Because I thought he was ass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, it's almost like I don't know. They they do that deliberately, you know, okay. playing okay. really slowly and like just being. I don't know. You kind of recognize that type of demo play. Yeah, I think that I've seen that like a million times on demos that they just play like very unhuman, like you know, yeah, just very slowly and just observing things it, it's the way you play when you just load up the demo and have done so like a trillion times you know yeah you know that okay now i'm not going to test any mechanic like i've done a billion times i'm just gonna look at things you know look at stuff yeah and you're not scared you know you're you're not reacting to the environment because <laughs> you've like played it over and over a billion times yeah and others try to like uh, mix playing with acting so they're kind of trying to mimic what they think the character would do in that situation as if they're trying to play immersively so to speak for, yeah, for the, yeah, I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but there was this big thing, uh, like this, uh, I don't know how big it is, but there, it was a meme about how he missed some some barrels. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, missed right. his shots. And then, you know, like, I, I think um, I was a bit bothered by how shittily this guy played because <laughs> I just, it could be on purpose, but it maybe it was uh, it overdid it a little bit. And uh, yeah, on that topic, <laughs> there's this other um, meme uh, as well, or like, um, you know how you know how that super large boss-looking character in the village, yeah, is kind of just like, you know, a, a Dark Souls boss or a Bloodborne mm. boss that they just put in there. Yeah, he was very reminiscent of like. Uh bloodborne type character yeah <laughs> with like the huge hammer and telegraphed attacks that you know are a little bit unpredictable but then you learn his pattern yes it might be that, that you have some kind of set piece bosses that are a little bit like that mm -hmm. they also have some crafting in the game yeah uh which is like nice i always love me some crafting and they yeah, yeah I don't know what you think about the inventory system. I think that that's something that's been in Resident Evil before with uh, the sort of organizational slot-based uh, system where you can kind of rotate <laughs> items to make them fit in a more organized manner to optimize the space that you have available. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. You know, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's it adds to the survival horror element of it uh is it necessary no but i mean i i don't know i i don't mind it per se um what do you think mm, no i think it's i mean i love that type of system it's not i mean one thing that you always want to kind of keep in games such as these is, is the feeling that you have to prioritize you know you have to make strategical decisions what kind of weapon do you want how many healing items do you want to carry with you how many ammo packs do you want to have for that weapon for this weapon you know yeah yeah true uh, utility items to solve puzzles and stuff like that well you always kind of want to prioritize and you you need to feel that you're not like a superhuman um which is very important you know when when you're supposed to feel weak and kind of a, like an underdog are you trying so, to tell uh, me that um several you know thousand rounds of ammunition and a, a couple of primary yeah. weapons is heavy yeah yeah I'm, I'm trying to tell you that oh i mean imagine if ethan is like he's walking around with like a mg3 or something or like a you know, a heavy machine gun. He's he's like carrying a case of ammunition, <laughs> and then <laughs> there's like a scary, you know, jump scare scene where one of the vampire ladies kind of materializes and then he proceeds to just shred the entire environment, <laughs> like with a billion cases on the floor, just spewing out of his gun. Yeah, he just has that like Not he, he just ripped the Browning fifty cal straight from the Hummer and just like ripped it off and just carrying it around. Yeah, like Rambo style. It kind of, it's a bit of a dissonance with that horror, you know, <laughs> very subtle, scary style. Yeah, and then it turns out he's actually uh, 
you know, a progenitor to Doom Guy. <laughs> yeah, the Doom Guy or the Doom music starts and he he's like <laughs> he just runs over and rips her head off, you know, kind of <laughs> headbutts headbutts her head into nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a pulp just take her uh, her own sickle and just like fucking rip her open yeah and like when the when the locust starts swarming he just picks up a flamethrower and just scorches <laughs> the entire swarm you know and it just happens in a split second it's like there's no hesitation no fear and the... yeah yeah no, yeah so... i yeah i can see that happen but yeah so so they're also announcing this anniversary game um i don't know what you thought about that that's like a multiplayer uh, yeah i yeah. i thought it looked very 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 mediocre yeah me too me too it was I like why did you use i mean some people would probably be happy about it but it's like a cell shaded looks a little bit you know underdeveloped to me yeah it did that's what stood out. It yeah, looked, it, it, it was like choppy. Game. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, choppy, and it's a multiplayer game. It's like I don't know, third person arena shooter. Yeah, I, I I don't necessarily mind the idea, and it's free. So you yeah. know, let's you get can, that out. Yeah, if you purchase uh, Village. Yeah, it's fine, but then I I just thought the gameplay itself looked really stilted and really you know choppy it looked like the, the the frame rate was was not up to par and it's just it didn't flow well at all even though i like the fact that you know uh it's funny that you can play as nemesis yeah and such like sure like it looks it could be entertaining but the gameplay looked really bad to me yeah, it, it seems like they they've chosen an engine where the you know possibility for variety and like cool crazy moves you can kind of you know do everything in it seems like you you're not only shooting and kicking and throwing your grenades and stuff like that so at least they've got that variety in there yeah true but it seems it kind of comes at the cost of polish and frame rate and you know stuff like that so yeah yeah that's that's my takeaway too yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna touch yeah. it i'm pretty sure um so i think that there was one more thing about this <clears throat> where uh if you look closely when they announced the additions it also said that for the deluxe edition it also included maximum difficulty so a lot of people thought for a second that they were locking an extra difficulty behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. But then other people brought to the brought up that in Resident Evil 7, you have like the, the Madhouse difficulty setting, which was also um, in Deluxe Edition. But what that really meant was that in Deluxe Edition, you have it unlocked from the beginning. Uh, while mm -hmm. in the normal edition, you just have to finish the game once and then you unlock it. And that's probably yeah, the case right. here too. Yeah, it would be weird if there was like such an exclusivity to to the difficulty. Yeah, sounds like an EA kind of move. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of it for the showcase. Um, 
really, really nice. I mean, it looks, the game looks amazing, polished, and gets a vote up for me at least. Same. I'm definitely. This is a this is a launch purchase for me, and um, I'll probably play the hell out of it and bring some good impressions to to the podcast. I imagine. Um, and if we talk about other, uh, it seems that Resident Evil 4 Remake, while we're on Resident Evil, um, has yeah. been delayed. It's a rumor, but apparently, you know, there's some disputes between, um, what they wanted the remake to be. So it got pushed, uh, whereas one party wanted the game to have very updated elements uh, and such. The other party wanted it to be essentially um, as close to the original as it could. Yeah, I think that yeah, the, I think that that's the it was M2's the development studio. They wanted it to be more faithful. Yeah, because of the direction that uh, RE3 the RE3 remake had and how that was received. Yeah, because it was yeah, it was criticized for being too lackluster when it came to faithful recreations. Yeah, and then apparently their role in developing was severely reduced as a result. Yeah, it's like yeah, getting the ban hammer. That doesn't that doesn't bode very well for the no, remake. No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't because. Yeah, when when games get stuck in like these kind of disputes, then you know the focus is not on making a gig, good game. <laughs> no, it's, it doesn't seem like that at all. Uh, so, but then then again, you know, Resident Evil Four. There's also the debate on whether it actually needs an update, and I've seen a lot of people yeah. actually saying that you should have remade Cold Veronica instead because that mm -hmm. is. First of all, the story has um, some significant points that ties into the later titles. That, um, and you know, it's also one of the older cadre of Resident Evil games. Whilst Resident Evil Four is still, especially with all the the remasters that's come out, it's very playable today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, it doesn't look terrible either. So no, it definitely holds up really well. So yeah, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this one turns out. Yeah, yeah. In uh, in other news, I don't know if you saw. There's been a bunch of um, delays for movies lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just investors are. Kind of getting the heebie-jeebies on getting their money back, I guess. So, yeah. And, I mean, directors, too, always kind of want to maximize the the opening of uh, Premiere, you know, the, the first week. So, I guess that's why they, they want to push things. Yeah. And I don't mind in terms of, like rather being able to to watch them in the cinemas i think that's a great that would be a, a great experience rather yeah. and i do really miss that experience um yeah me too yeah and i and on the other hand 
considering the situation with the Rona, especially where we live right now, um, I don't think even if they released it on cinema for some God blasted reason, I don't think we would be able to, nor should we <laughs> go see it in the cinemas right now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And like cinema is not, I don't know. We just, in here, no, we're, we've actually had a very good run with the Rona. We've been able to control it very well. Few deaths. And now we're kind of steadily getting vaccinations. But with this last eruption, I feel that it's, I don't know, it's a little bit more. It's just, we're so tired of all the lockdowns and all the restrictions and stuff. And yeah. people are ready to be like, yeah, we're now we're we're ready to be done with this shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then this comes along, you know. Second, this is not. This is almost like a third wave. The mutated virus, uh, the British version. Yeah. So it's like, oh my god, one more round with this shit. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I, I feel like we should just. I hope the vaccines come out as fast as possible, um, and that. So that you know, we, we don't have to worry so much about the mutations and the how the containment were, you know, how, how it's proceeding and, and not proceeding. And mm-hmm. um, I already pretty, you know, over it. And yeah. uh, even in our place, we've started with masks, which I mean, if to the international listeners, that might sound like what you're only now starting to wear masks, but. Um, you know, I work at a seasonal store on an island, uh, which yeah. has barely um, any customers normally outside of summer. So uh, when even us have to wear masks at work, then you know that it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. And to kind of point out that it's, you know, people in Norway have been using masks, but it's like now it's mandatory for everyone you know, going shopping and stuff like that to use a mask in yeah. the affected in the affected regions only though of the breakout. So yeah, but um I mean at the apparently the um vaccine has still has a good effect on the mutated uh, British version of it. So it'll still be usable. Yeah. Because that would have been like yeah almost disastrous it it's not that it's hard to modify the rna vaccine because it's very easy but to produce it in sufficient numbers and get it out would take additional months and then yeah you know <laughs> we'll have to see. i just want to be able to i just want to be able to go to the gym yeah that's what i need i feel that it's been so long now that yeah Dude, I'm I'm so glad that my dad suggested to me to invest in my own gym equipment at home because uh, I I've been able to use it so much and I can't even imagine how shitty it would be if I had to rely on normal gym subscription. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much money did you actually sink into that? Um, I spent about let's say. Eight hundred dollars, approximately. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's not too bad at all. Not at all. And uh, with that, I got uh, uh, a Bilica bench with, mm-hmm. um, you know, it has all kinds of angles available, uh, both for incline, decline, and it even has some... some uh, you can do shoulder press uh, to some extent. You can do even... Um, not calf raises, what do you call it? Extensions, like leg extensions. Mm-hmm. It has some capability yeah. for that too, even though my legs are too long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and then I bought like um, uh, a bar, but not not like the Olympic bar. It's like a slightly smaller one to fit in because I have it on the second floor, right, in my uh, bedroom. Okay. So I, I need some extra, I need some space. And uh, But it can support 130 kg of weight, which is approximately what I have um Mm -hmm. so for bench and stuff it's been working great for deadlifts it's been working great um of course i can't go above 130 for for deadlift which of course you know um but but you still get effect out of it if you do reps with that so yeah yeah and you don't really i mean 130 kgs if you just wrap it wrap it out you can still get like more than what you need in kind of workouts currency yeah just you know i don't know how many i mean you're pretty strong so you'll probably need a lot of reps with it but if you can kind of i don't know for me like consistently 10 to kind of 12 reps with 130 do that like three four times then you'll feel it yeah that's um that's approximately what i'm i'm on right now because uh i had a very nice muscle pull uh, not that long ago that seem to uh, uh, aggressively wanting to make a return. So I'm, I'm taking it a bit slow and careful with deadlifts for the end these days. But but bench, yeah. though, man, oh, man, I'm just pushing hard on that instead, and it's fun. But yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, in other terms of, like, you know, light at the end of the tunnel or, like, solace in the time of grim darkness and plague, um, there's good news for... Even though it's been quite slow in terms of new releases, we we had Hitman Three, which I which I bought and I'm playing through and I'm enjoying a lot. But for Game Pass owners, it's also looking very good uh, this month because the Medium uh, is coming out on the 28th, along with uh, Yakuza Remastered Collection, which includes uh, Yakuza Three, Four, and Five HD updated, both for PC and for console. And that's a lot of value. Control also came out this month. Um, Outer Wilds came out. The Sprottles Three. Like this is a very solid month for for Game Pass. And uh, as someone who is currently about sixty hours into Yakuza Seven, like just seeing three, four, and five upcoming, and five being the, by far the biggest game as far as I know. Yeah. It's just like like what four hundred hours of RPG goodness. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's a lot of. Uh, there's not enough life, Steph. There's not enough time. No, there's no really life, not. Steph. We need to do like some Orochimaru life extension research. <laughs> yeah, to to I I think so. Uh, but I'm still looking forward to playing it though because I've played through Zero, Kiwami, Kiwami Two, and mm-hmm. playing through Seven right now. But then. Of course, three, four, and five are the next ones up. Yeah. Yeah, so 
I mean, basically, we have a lot of um, gaming hours to cover. Um, I'm steadily, I'm following Grounded as well. There's been like a couple of updates since uh, we talked about it last or yeah. saw it. And it seems to be developing very nicely, this game. What they did. Uh, I said they added the, the, not a new area, but the pond, which was basically a dead area when we tried it out. Yeah. Um, is now populated basically by, you know, koi fish and, and other insects and stuff like that. And there's a lot of, of underwater themed craftables uh, i i guess some some kind of scuba diving stuff mm, i see and you can also yeah i think they they've uh, re- revised the building uh, mechanics a little bit and kind of polished it a little bit and stuff like that so yeah that's cool i like that yeah and I th- yeah i think that uh, this this game is developing nicely very nicely mm, yeah so we gotta we gotta get back on that at some point and yeah maybe we should if uh if you guys want to see like let's plays and stuff like that please kind of comment in the comment section below otherwise i think also uh, i'm going to try to play the medium try to play it with dangan and give our impressions on that as well because it looks really interesting so that's uh i guess that's what we have in store yeah that's what we have in store and um yeah let's just wrap it up remember to stay human guys and um, give us a thumbs up and if you liked it just leave a comment 